You're listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. Worship with us on Sundays in Kansas City, or join us in June for our youth and young adult conference called Bold. I, I'm so happy to be here. Um, I love this place because I love the Perkins crew, and as I'm getting to know you guys, I, I love you as well. Um, Dan and Amy. Amy. Hi, Amy. My goodness. When did you sneak in? <laughs> In worship. For, in the first song? Good. Um, I go 17 years back with Dave Renata. My goodness, Renata. The first lady. Uh, just, I, uh, I have a confession to make about David uh, and Renata. I, I tried to talk them out of planning a church for like three years. And I... I was on a trip with David, and we were sharing a hotel room, and he said, he was telling me about he wants to plant a church in Kansas City, and I literally said to him, and I quote, I said, guys like us don't plant churches. (laughs) Don't do that. And so I want you just to know that the man standing before you here did not hear from the Lord, obviously. (laughs) It just doesn't help my credibility. Uh, But I I just ached to not do everyday life with these guys <clears throat> and um but man we're finding ways back to each other aren't we and uh thank god for that he writes a better story than the one that we could write right and i've stopped trying to figure out how he writes it and why he writes it certain ways because it just will make you crazy i think it's best just to say okay here we go so i'm just so grateful to be back with you guys thank you for for having me. I love you people, and I love your pastor. Is he still wearing blazers when he preaches? That's the only thing I don't love about what he's doing. <laughs> no offense, Nate. You look great. <laughs> you look great. He just never wore blazers when we were together in Colorado. Now he wears blazers. Don't let him. Don't let him. Yeah. It's okay. Um, I want to talk to you guys about um, what the Lord is doing. I believe in worship, um, what he's doing on the earth with worship, and I think what he's calling us to as radiant. Um, I think I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission to give the song back to the people. I think we live in a funny, you know, we've had so many worship movements on the earth, right? I mean... If you live through the 70s, there was the Jesus movement with long-haired hippies playing love songs to Jesus, and, and that turned into uh, renewal movements, right? Remember the renewal movements, the renewal worship, um, which is kind of how I got turned on to the Lord and that whole thing through Vineyard. Um, now you got this thing called the modern worship movement, which what is that? What is the modern worship movement? You know, can you imagine Jesus is king of the ages from the beginning of time, and he's like, oh, look, it's the modern worship movement, you know, like, man, they're really on to something now, it's just silly, you know, Um, there's ancient future worship, I don't know if you've heard of that, it's like, we're going to the old, and we're going to bring in some new, we've got it all sorted out, you know, we kind of define all these things, and I'm on a mission, though, because I think this, all these movements as uh, I'm 38 years old, I've been 
doing the worship thing for 20 years. Um, and I've just seen, as time has gone on, an alarming thing happening where there are more people going to church, but there are less people singing. There are more people filling the seats, but less people engaging. And I've just prayed through this, wrestled through this. I'm a part of a church, that, so I see this. And what I feel like has happened is we have, bec- we, basically, we've taken the priesthood, which is all believers, all of us, and we've said, hey, we've built our three-foot platforms, and we've put our lights here, and that's fine because we need to see who's talking to us. I get that, but we've, we've mistaken some of these things, and we've said, hey, the professional priests have it now. We've got it. We'll take it from here. And we have taken the song from the priests. And we've said the professional priests will take care of it now. So we have our professional singers. We have our people who look a certain way. We have our people who sound a certain way. And now what you end up having is a, in the worship industry, which it is totally an industry now, where it wasn't 20 years ago when we got into this Jesus thing. It wasn't an industry. It wasn't an enterprise. We've made it into an enterprise, and now we have our kings, you know? Israel wants a king. We want our king. Why? Why did they want a king? The Lord had a plan for them to have a king in David, but they're like, no, we want a king now. They begged Samuel, give us a king. Why? Because the rest of the world has a king. seems to work for them. And we've done that in worship. Give us a king. Make them look good. Make them sound good. Make these jeans tight. Make all that happen. Why? Well, because everyone else has that, and it seems to be working for them. And how gracious is God? He gave them Saul, and he even was with Saul. But it wasn't his best plan. You know, there was a little, little guy out in the field. That was his best plan. So the Lord has been gracious, and he's dealt with our kings that we've asked for. He's put up with it, but I think he's, he's building in a people. There's a generation coming. He said, no more of that. Let's get the song back to all the priests, which is all of us. You know, I'm up here doing this thing that I'm doing, and I know I live in this culture. That what I'm trying to talk to you about now is countercultural. So, and listen, it's our fault. It's the it's the professional priests who have contributed to this idea. They say, we got it from here. So our churches are filled with people coming through the doors going, we'll see how it is today. And then I'll figure out if I'm going to engage. You know, we'll see what the emotional pull is. And then we'll see where I take my step. So now you have a bunch of worship leaders, pastors, preachers burning out like crazy, and they don't know why. Because they're like wind-up toys, just trying to get everybody in. And why is no one in? And I just think it's because we have set it up wrong. We have gone with these, all these movements to say, hey, we'll be that Mary of Bethany. We'll break open something really costly. You just watch. You know, we'll do it, and the, the, the aroma will fill this room. And, oh, it'll smell so good. Oh, I love Radiant. I love this church. Oh, we gotta, honey, we got to come back to this church. This is our home. This is our home. Smell that. And it's great. That's fine. But all you're doing is enjoying my sacrifice. You're not giving a sacrifice. You're just enjoying mine. So it's time to get 
The song, and when I say song, it means it could be an actual song, but, it, but really what I mean is a life of worship. It's time to get it off of the professionals, because there is no such thing, and back to all of us, to the people, to carry the presence of God. I'm on a mission to get the song back to the people. Will you join me? <laughs> Please. So I'm trying to write songs that take us back. And at the end of this, this talk, I'm going to sing a, a new song that's called Take Me Back to where we first met him, you know, to where we first fell in love with him, where he fell in love with us. I'm on a mission. Join me on the mission. <laughs> I don't preach all the time, so I'm going to act a little crazy. Um, I listed a few things of what the Lord, I really believe he's longing for from our worship. Okay, so let's pray again, invite the Holy Spirit, and then I'll jump in. Lord, you are so good. Thank you for your word. I pray it would be that double-edged sword like you talk about in the scriptures. It would cut deep today, dividing soul and spirit, judging our attitudes and our thoughts. That's what your word does. Make it come alive, Lord, right here right now in your name radiant said amen if you're taking notes the number one thing that i that i just feel like god is looking for from us as we take the song back is he's looking for worship this you guys are gonna love this from the desperate god is looking for worship from the desperate um we have made the enterprise and industry has made worship for the fancy. It's made worship for the strong and the talented. God loves worship from the desperate. Um, Second Chronicles 20 is one of my favorite stories. You've got a situation where you have a king, King Jehoshaphat, which no one's naming their babies Jehoshaphat these days. We need to change that, bring it back. We have he's king of Judah, right? He's known for bringing the nation back to God. He's about 35 years old in this situation. He's king over Judah, and they got three nations, three um, regions, enemy nations surrounding them. They're completely outnumbered. So they're totally frightened. They're desperate. They're scared. So they pray. And Jehoshaphat's pleading with God here, and I'm going to pick it up. He's pleading with God about these enemies because there was a point in Scripture where uh, King Jehoshaphat could have wiped these guys, some of these guys out, but he just decided, decided not to. So he's bargaining with God, like, hey, you know, we didn't wipe them out, so don't let them wipe us out. So he's kind of bargaining. But Second Chronicles 20, I think it might go on the screens. Not yet. Don't worry about it. Second Chronicles 20, verse 12. Our God, this is Jehoshaphat to God, our God, will you not judge them? Because we passed them over, you know. Will you not judge them? He said, for we, we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. That's worship. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Um, I had my kids for a couple days uh, last year, two years ago, when my wife went out of town. And I, I, have, two, I have three kids, twins, who are nine, and a six-year-old boy and girl twins and a six-year-old son. And, uh, yeah, they were, the twins were about seven, and, and 
our son Lewis was four. Jones and Izzy, those are the uh, my twins. Anyway, I, I took him to McDonald's for a meal because that's the best I could do when I'm I'm taking care of the kids. Um, healthy diet of McDonald's, Red Robin, and Chick-fil-A. Jesus chicken. Um, we're at McDonald's, and we the kids want to go in those playgrounds. You know those those cesspools of germ playgrounds? They wanted to go into those and all the tubes and all that stuff. So I'm in there. We're eating, and the kids are started playing. And Jones and Lewis, my 7-year-old and 4-year-old, they're up in the things, and there's another kid there. And he's such a bully. This kid is, is running around, literally roaring like a lion, trying to scare other kids. And my blood is just like, I hate this kid, you know. But <laughs> and he's just, he's literally, and it's echoes in there, you know. It's not good for my sensitivity. He, he's roaring, Rawr! scaring other kids. And I'm just, oh, man, I hope he doesn't go near Jones and Lewis. And so I'm watching, and then all of a sudden I see that this kid's coming down this, like, pipe thing toward Jones and Lewis. So I, they don't see me, but I, so I kind of just step and I'm, and you know, there's like those circle window, like submarine things <laughs> you could see, you get in the visual. I could see Jones and Lewis through that. They don't see me. And this kid comes, starts roaring right at them. And Jones just, he steps in front of Lewis. Yeah, his little four-year-old brother right behind him. He's seven. He's, and this kid roars and he goes, stop it. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. And then he goes, he points at his brother. He's like, you're scaring him. Stop it. You know, and he's just holding to this kid, you know, like this. And I'm watching the whole thing. You know, I'm right here. And he's just got his eyes locked on this kid. And I, so I was like, so I said, Jones, Jones. You know, I'm screaming, Jones, I'm, it's me. It's daddy. It's, I'm down here. I'm down here. Jones, you know, just. And he, he looks down and he locks eyes with me, his dad, his father. And what do you think he did? He just started crying. When you look, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. When you look at the Father, you don't have to be strong anymore. You don't have to keep it up anymore. He was fighting. That's what we do. We got our fists clenched, clenched in life and our unforgiveness and our wounds, and we've all been there in this situation, that situation. Stop it. You're doing this. And the Father's like, look at me. Look at me. And when we do, we'll lose it. Because we don't have to be strong anymore when we look to the Lord. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. We did this exercise um, in our staff years ago. I think you guys were there. Where Yes, yes, yes. So they wanted to kind of just break down the walls in our, it was like an inner healing thing. <laughs> Dan put them up. It's like not going to happen. So they just said, just pick somebody in the room. And so, you just, we, I, so I picked a guy, Bobby Nicholas. I didn't know him before this, this moment. But they said, okay, for the next five minutes, stare into their eyes. Be glad I'm not asking you to do that right now. Yeah. Stare into their eyes. Five minutes is an eternity to stare into somebody's eyeballs. A guy I don't know. So I did it for five minutes. We're just sitting there staring at each other. It's like, great, good job, everybody. Oh, thank God that is over. It's like, okay, this time, this time, Five minutes again, this time, pray for a word for them. Pray for something that will encourage them. So we do it again. It's my, I have to pray for Bobby. 
and staring at Bobby. I mean, right into his eyeballs. So then I, I you know, was like, hey, I, you know, feeling this. This is awkward, but gave him a little prayer. Let's do it again. This time, flip it. So then he, 15 minutes of staring into each other's eyeballs, you know. Anyway, after that 15 minutes, I know Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> and I cannot see Bobby now, ever, without, oh, 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 it's a huge hug. It's how are you? How is this? We are close. Close. Because when you look into someone's eyes, it is intimate. And actually, side note, if you ever really looked into somebody's eyeballs, you know what you end up seeing? Your reflection. When you look into the eyes of the Father, you see yourself and who you are, who you really are. So try it. Don't try it now because it will be distracting. The second thing God is looking for is worship from the broken. I have, for as long as I can remember, I have battled anxiety. Not like I'm afraid of heights anxiety, but like panic attacks. And I mean, I was 10 years old when I first, my first memory of crippling fear and anxiety. And the only thing, and the Lord has done tremendous work in my life. I would not do this, what I'm doing now, if it weren't for the miracle of God. Speaking to you, singing, writing songs. It's a total, it's a total miracle, but I still face it. It's this thorn in my side that I plead with the Lord to take away, right? That's what Paul did. Take this thorn away. And what did God say? My grace is sufficient. Just trust in that. And when you're weak, I am strong. And that's been anxiety for me, which sometimes has gotten so bad that it leads to I get depressed, you know. And the only thing that has saved me, the only thing that has got me through is worship. Worship is radical. And we've cleaned it up so nice and we've we've made it for the for the rulers. But it's for the messy. It's for the broken. Worship in scripture is so messy. You know, Mary pouring perfume all over Jesus, that is not appropriate. But it's it is in that, but that's the story Jesus once told. That's what he said. When the where the gospel is preached all over the world, this story will also be told. He put extravagant worship right there with the gospel. Right there. So if you're gonna talk about my my death and my resurrection, you're also gonna talk about extravagant worship. It's it's amazing. David dancing his way back to the city, bringing the presence of God. He's sweaty. It's bloody. It's messy. I mean, he actually was losing his clothes, which we don't do that at church. Thank the Lord. That's, but it's, we just keep it as a metaphor. But it's undignified is what I'm saying. You know, it is messy, and it is not clean. Psalm 51, 16, 17. I love this, the way the message puts it. Going through the motions doesn't please you. A flawless performance is nothing to you. Tell that to the modern worship movement. A flawless performance is nothing to you. I learned God worship when my pride was shattered. Heart shattered lives ready for love. Don't, don't for a moment escape your notice. This is a big one for me. I have been there. 
We've all been there. God is looking, number three, for worship from the foolish. He wants it to be foolish. Picking back up with 2 Chronicles 20. So you have the surrounding armies with King Jehoshaphat. King Jehoshaphat and his people are nervous. They're scared. They go to God. They pray. They fast. They seek the help of the prophet. What do we do? What do we do? We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you, God. What do we do? And this is the foolish plan. Uh, Verse 20, 2 Chronicles 20, verse 20. Early in the morning, they left for the desert of Tekoa. As they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets, and you will be successful. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing, men and women, to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out ahead of the army, saying, sing this, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. That's the master plan. We got three enemy armies coming, and he appoints a bunch of worship leaders to go out there and sing his love endures forever. That makes no sense, and it is so foolish. Can you imagine, I'm a worship leader, I can't imagine being told by my pastor, hey, you go out there. They got their guns aimed here. It's like, it's me and Jordan and Jed and and Ben and, you know, Amos, we're, hey, we'll send these guys out there. I mean, have you seen us? We're not very intimidating. Have you seen worship leaders? They're not very intimidating. They go out and end, don't just sing any song, sing about his love. How at least give us a song about his strength. At least make us sing a song about his muscles and his, you know, his weapons. No. So for worship leaders who can't stand when Pastor David wants you to sing a certain song, it happened here in Scripture. Jehoshaphat says, sing this song. So if it wears you out, it's just, it's been, it always is what it is. But they want can you imagine these guys going out there? I mean, his love endures forever. We have to sing, give thanks to the Lord, his love endures forever. And, I mean, I doubt they went out there confidently. You know, like, our countdown went off today. And we're like, here we go. No way it was that. I think it was this. Okay, who's going to start? <laughs> you know, I'm not doing it, man. You do it. And then it's like, his love endures forever. I mean, they're expecting to be hit. Then, hmm, his love endures forever. As this song is starting to be sung, the Lord just wipes these guys out. They start turning on each other, and they destroy one another. I would imagine that their song, and this is what I love, I think, what church can be. His love endures forever. His love endures forever. But you know, as the Lord is wiping out your enemies, it becomes a dance. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord. His love, you know, it was a shout. You know, they owned that song. His love endures for it. They were making up different melodies and rhythms, and they started a conga line, and they were dancing, and they didn't care what anybody thought because their enemies were being destroyed as they sang about the love of God. It's foolish. So Many of you, we all have got enemies surrounding us. We all got, I mean, just the spirit of this age is like three nations surrounding us. Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter is three nations surrounding us. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. You know, what we do is we just simply stand up and say, his love endures forever. 
You don't know what else to say? Say that. His love endures forever. Say it over a situation right here, right now. His love endures forever. Some of you need to say it over your house when you get home. You know, because there's fear. Get home and just say it. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord. His love endures forever. Watch the Lord save you. Uh, real quick, how, how strict is this? Pretty strict. Yeah, I'll be quick. I'm not, I'm not going to be long. Yeah. <laughs> it's good to be friends. Number four, God is looking for worship from everyone. I already touched this, so I'm going to go fast. I already talked about this, but he's not looking for worship from the bands and the albums and the songwriters and the cool stuff. Second Peter 2, I'm going to read it really fast. You are a chosen people. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Let's get the song back to the people. God is looking for worship from everyone. The last one. No, there is no last one. Oh, praise, praise the Lord. Because I want to do this. Um, It's time for our people to be consumed by the presence of God again. Not consumers of the latest project, of the latest thing. And I, I, I love song. I'm, I'm going to work on a new album this year, and I'm so excited because I've been in the wilderness for a year and a half wondering, I don't know, I don't know what I'm, what's next. You know, we, I didn't know what to do a year and a half ago. My eyes were on him. And I love doing it. I can't wait to release music. And we sang one of the songs today. You know, you guys are like the only ones, my church and you guys are the only ones who heard that. You, ah, oh, good. Um, so I, I want other people to sing that. Can't change what you said. All this stuff, right? Can't change it. That's what I want our church to be. Check this out. Uh, pope Francis, he's the, the, the current pope of the Catholic Church. He said this. I thought it was so good. The thing the church needs most today is the ability to heal wounds and to warm the hearts of the faithful. It, it needs nearness and proximity. I see the church as a field hospital after battle. It is useless to ask a seriously injured person if he has high cholesterol and about the level of his blood sugars. You have to heal the wounds. And then we could talk about everything else. Heal the wounds, heal the wounds, and you have to start from the ground up. Let's go back to the beginning. When we first started this whole thing, I want to sing a song and lead us into a quick just thing of ministry, but I might actually be close to, to the time. That is such a big number just blaring in my, my, in my eyes. Let's, let's just um, get into a posture of prayer. Let's get into a posture where the Holy Spirit could talk to us. I want to read these lyrics to you first, and then I'm going to sing this song. To the place where we first met. To the place where I found love like nothing else. To the place it all began. Take me back to the place of innocence, to the place where things don't need to make sense, to the place of childlike faith, take me back. Take me back to you. To the hill you climbed for me, 
to the cross where you surrendered everything, to the place I fell in love, take me back. This is what I'm living for. Draw me closer than before. Jesus, you will always be my first love. So just hang in this little spot. This is what I'm living for. Draw 
take me back. Sing, take me back, take me back to you. Someone's screaming. Yeah. His love endures forever. Come on, unlock something as you shout that. Unlock something as you stand out there. You stand out there. Everything surrounding you, it makes no sense. Sing it. His love endures forever. I give thanks to you for your love endures forever. church tell a different story amen if you would like to follow jesus we'd like to connect with you on your journey email us at follow at radianchurchkc.com if this ministry has encouraged you we'd love to hear your story email us at my story at radianchurchkc.com if you'd like to invest in Radiant Church, please click Give on our website, radianchurchkc.com. Are you a young adult and interested in spending a year in Kansas City at Radiant Church? Check out radiantintensive.com. Thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast.